Welcome to the VMOX Road to Mobile Victory podcast. Enterprise mobility is bigger and more complicated than ever. In this series, we'll talk about the latest trends, inspiring success stories, and simple and effective tips for managing your corporate mobile assets, expenses, and services. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Andrea Leiby, Director of Marketing here at VMOX. In today's episode, we're going to talk about smoothly migrating your mobility projects to a different vendor and the do's and don'ts of onboarding. We'll chat about how you can maximize onboarding efficiency while also minimizing your costs and risks to the business and avoiding any disruptions to your end users. Joining me today is Greta Humbert-Mortley, VMOX Director of Operations. Welcome. Hi. Glad to be here. <laughs> so I know you're a first time guest, but I'd like to begin with a fun question. And this allows us to get to know you a little bit better, especially your first time on the show. I did see that the latest list of emojis hit iPhones <laughs> as part of the iOS 7, or I should say iOS 16.4 release, which insert, get ready, the slow clap, we now have a wireless emoji. So very, very exciting news for our industry. What What's the most used emoji on your phone? Um, I probably like the moose head the most. The moose head. Uh, the moose head, yeah. It's a new one as well. Cool as a moose. Nice. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I think for me, it's probably, <laughs> I have a lot of sarcastic back and forth, I guess, with my friends and family. So for me, it's the tongue out, the laughing emoji. I like sharing memes. So for those... Mm-hmm. For those of us that are in that world, that's my favorite. Well, good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, let's get to today's topic. You know, all businesses, no matter what size or what industry, they obviously have the right and the power to switch their managed mobility service vendors. And this usually happens at either when their contracts are expiring or when they're deciding to make decisions, let's say, on value versus cost. But obviously, poor experiences, limited resources, tight budgets can hold back a lot of teams, right, from making that move. And when I look at kind of the various stages of the journey, the onboarding stage is just as critical as the selection. And I think I saw this fact the other day that said 74% of potential customers will switch actually to other solutions if they think the onboarding process is complicated, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, based on your experience, Greta, what do you think are some of those onboarding fears that you've heard? And, you know, are there certain problems or issues that can derail maybe some onboarding efforts? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there are probably a couple of different categories that come to mind. Um, I think one, one big one is around mobile end user support, right? Mm. So if the if the migration impacts how end users are, um, are consuming mobile services and mm-hmm. if they have to do something different, that, that can cause some fears there because we know mobility is very personal, right? So, yes. um, so that's always something to be to be aware of and, and make sure that when it is impacting end users that we're really we're really communicating um, very clearly with that with that customer or with that end user group and making sure they know what's happening um, and know what to expect. I think another one is probably around timelines. I think that can create some, I don't know that I would say fear, but maybe pressure, right? Mm, if you have a yeah. tight timeline for migrating the solution, um, 
again, that can create some pressure on the, on on both sides, right? On the customer as well as the solution provider. I think key there is that, you know, as long as you have a good project plan, a good project plan in place and have the right resources that are supporting the project, I think that can still be, that, that shouldn't be a concern really, right? Even tight mm-hmm. timelines can be managed as long as requirements are defined. And again, communication is taking place along the way and, and, Everybody involved can can provide the right level of support for the project. Um, I think one thing there is too, right, especially when it comes to tight timelines, it might also be something where um, a customer might need to consider, you know, what are the what are the things that I need to have that what are my must haves mm-hmm. for you know, getting this solution off the ground in the next four weeks, right? Because they're, they're must-haves and they are nice-to-haves, right? And and knowing those and the difference, I think, is a critical piece in making an implementation or a migration a success. Sort of like buying a house. <laughs> sort of like buying a house, yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Um, I think one of the one of the challenges we have also seen is around... Um, you know, when customers buy a solution, sometimes sometimes the buyer is different from who gets to implement the solution, True. and and if there is misalignment there, um, that can that can definitely delay an implementation and cause challenges for both sides. So so for the customer, making sure that even during the sales process, all the all the stakeholders on the customer side, everybody that has to touch the solution ultimately is involved, is aware of what's happening, um, is a is a key piece to make sure that the the migration and the implementation are a success and can be done in a timely manner. I think lastly, I guess I would probably say that um one of the challenges we have seen is if there are too many stakeholders uh, involved and and it it almost can lead to paralysis right there's too yeah. many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. and, and it just causes significant delays in some cases so so really you know a, a, a large project team is not a bad thing um but even for a large project team, having having that single final decision maker that can make decisions and ensure the project and the tasks move forward is a critical piece. Yeah, it reminds me of a kids, you know, those toddler soccer games where everyone's running for the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's no real yeah. point person. It's just everyone running after the ball and trying yeah. to get it. So yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I think a poor onboarding can lead to a lot of unhappy, frustrated teams. And I know yeah. there isn't a single vendor or supplier out there that wants that outcome. Um, yeah. But we've, we've seen companies have success, including ourselves, right? And, you know, yeah. can you... You've been with other companies, you've kind of seen it all. Can you walk us through some success stories that you've seen, especially in mobility and telecom? Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 was right? How did it go? <laughs> I think to me the success there comes down to what I mentioned a little bit earlier as well, is requirements, right? Really the the customer, the customer and the solution provider um working on those requirements up front, documenting them, agreeing them, um, knowing what the end goal is ultimately, and those requirements not changing along the way. Mm. That's that's a big that's a big piece to making sure it's successful. Um, you know, understanding understanding, especially in the case of a migration, 
um, where where a customer is coming from another solution provider. Um, you know, understanding that this new solution might accomplish something in a different way, right? So mm-hmm. being flexible in in how you go about or how you go about implementing some of these processes while the outcome is still the same. I think that's another key to success um, and not trying to force, you know, something I'm used to this process and it working this way and not forcing that into a solution if it's not built that way. And again, being open to adjusting things with the outcome still being the same. I think that's a, that's a really important piece that mm-hmm. um, if customers have that flexibility, that makes it a lot easier. Um, I think one of the, one of the examples, I guess that comes to mind recently, we, we implemented a very large, large and complex customer um, late last year that they, they had a very tight deadline um, in migrating th- their solution from a current provider to us and we were able to make it happen within a few weeks but I think you know we we, we were very closely aligned we knew it required total focus mm-hmm. consistent communication negotiation and understanding of the other party's needs and 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 really being able to you know, honestly, there were some concessions that we yeah. had to make on both sides too, right? So, um, but again, as long as you have those requirements um, and can work with a customer, everybody can dedicate the right amount of time to the project and and making this a true partnership ultimately, um, then I think that will lead to success of the project ultimately. Yeah, I agree. Um. The last part that I wanted to point out here, I think, is around, and I mentioned that a little bit already too, but I think, um, you know, sometimes customers, again, somebody signs a contract, right, and somebody else has to implement, support the implementation of the solution, and and we know this, there are, you know, many things that are going on for a customer, mobility is not this team's primary focus that now mm-hmm. has to implement this solution, right? Yeah. Um, but that, but somebody being able to dedicate the right amount of time to implementing the solution is key. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, right? I mean, the while the solution provider can do a lot of the heavy lifting, there are there are decisions that need to be made along the way. There are some tasks that are on the customer, and and those need to be made in a timely fashion. Otherwise you're going to see, you know, project timelines being dragged out um, into, you know, into several months rather than being able to get something completed within six to eight weeks. Yeah, I think you need a champion, someone who can, you know, really champion it through the organization and understand what, you know, the outcome is and, you know, what it takes to get there. So I, I definitely agree. Now, you know, there, there are no two implementations are the same, right? And having the right partner, the right processes in place and preparations can make a world of difference. And you kind of talked about some of that. And, you know, some, uh, some of the industry will say it's part science, part art. <laughs> but what are some things, I guess, in your opinion, teams can do to prepare, right? Especially their stakeholders and their users, maybe people that aren't normally touching this type of project or maybe aren't going to be as involved, but do have some level of effort needed from, from those teams. What would be your suggestions? Yeah, I think any feedback that customers can share from, especially when they're coming from a current 
um, solution provider, right? Any any feedback that they have of what they liked, what they didn't like, what has worked, what hasn't worked, right? That way we can we can avoid some of those pitfalls mm-hmm. um, and are aware of them, right? So that we can make sure again we don't we go don't go down the same path. So if they have you know lists like that, if they have gotten feedback from end users along the way about the solution or from from the team managing the solution, that's always great input. Um, on how to start um, start the kickoff. Um, back to requirements, I guess I can't stress requirements enough. Yeah. Having having those, you know, documented, knowing what you want, um, knowing what's a must-have, knowing what's a nice-to-have, um, and being able to communicate that to the solution provider is key as well. And then, you know, Really important, especially in in the case of, you know, mobility management solution is being able to help with the execution of carrier um, agreements like LOAs and Mm -hmm. anything that anything a solution provider might need to get access to the customer's carrier information that can sometimes that's a that can be a lengthy process Mm -hmm. and you know being on top of that knowing who might need to sign paperwork like that will will definitely help so um, if they can come prepared if customers can come prepared with that information that's very helpful yeah you know on a related note onboarding can't move forward with some of the data pieces, mm-hmm. you know, but those <laughs> kind of the two words data migration is, is a, is a heartache and is can cause a lot of it professionals to kind of break out in a sweat. You know, what tips do you have to ensure fast and smooth data migrations? Data migration. That's a, that's a great question. And I don't think, I don't think customers really need to sweat data migration. So the reason I say that, let's let's talk about the different data pieces that we need to set up a mobile a mobility solution. So most importantly, carrier information, having access to carrier portals to retrieve invoice information, inventory information, and usage information is critical. The next data piece is um, typically like employee-related information, which would come from an HR from a customer's HR system. So being able to set up a feed there out of the customer system to us so that we know, so that we have the employees and can tie employees to mobile lines of service. That's the other data piece. Um, And then I'd say the third piece would be financial information um, related to the employees so that we also can support um, reporting the other way, which would allow us to do financial reporting, chargeback type of reporting back to the customer's financial system. So, you know, charge coding, cost centers, GL codes, and things like that. So those would really be the data pieces that we need from the customer so that we can then in turn also feed data back to the customer for, again, chargebacks or paying carrier invoices and things like that. The other piece to that would be an optional piece would be access to or a feed from an MDM system where we can also retrieve device and device related information and we can also we can also receive the kind of the linkage between the phone line to the employee from an MDM system so that's another option and then last but not least um, another feed data feed that we can set up depending on the customer's requirements would be around 
um, what does the customer want to have back, right? So for example, we could set up an inventory feed to update a customer's ITSM solution with inventory data that we have. So those are really the main data pieces that we that we that kind of go back and forth between the customer and the and the mobility management solution provider. I hope that helps. And like I said, I don't think there's there's um, a need to break into sweat around data migrations. I think we can keep it pretty simple there. Good, good. So, you know, for some people, you might be outsourcing all of your mobility management functions, or in some cases, just a portion of them. You know, you're, whether it's one or the other, you're most likely working with a third party. But finding kind of that right fit for your own mobility vision can, I think, be tricky for most people. You know, what, in your perspective, what key questions do you think customers should be asking their vendors and suppliers before they sign, right? What, what should they take into consideration when they're looking at all the different potential partners out there? I think that that's a great question. I think there's a, there's probably several, several things that come to mind, right? That will help um, in preparation. I think, you know, knowing, knowing, your mobile fleet, right? Mm-hmm. How large? How large is your mobile fleet? How many carriers do you have? Um, is it just United States, or is it is it carriers across the globe? Right? Is it domestic mm-hmm. versus international? Um, and you know how how large are the fleet sizes for those for those countries and carriers? The more information you have there, the easier it will make. Uh, it, the easier it will be for the solution provider to make sure they can you know draft kind of come up with a project plan that um, allows for the implementation of that in the most effective way. Um, you know, knowing what the dem- what what the device makeup is for your environment, right? Do you have do you have a lot of smartphones? Do you have um, equal amount of smartphones versus tablets? Do you also use MiFi's or machine to machine devices? So knowing that in device mix is important too, um, and very helpful information to provide to the solution provider. Um, requirements around, you know, what's your knowing your mobile policy? What mm. what kind of requirements do you have there as far as the policy goes? Do you do you have requirements around upgrading the technology every couple of years to make sure you know employees have the most some of the most current technology when they're using their smartphones? Um, so having having those policies is is very helpful. Um, understanding who the stakeholders will be that will be involved in the program, right? We talked about stakeholders before and, and knowing those, um, who, who they are and, and who will be involved is, is critical. Um, you know, as far as onboarding, what, what are you looking for, right? Are you looking for a, a standard approach or are you looking for something more customized and um, you know, I think there's 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 solutions out there where you're going to be, you know, more like a small fish in a large pond, yeah. or do you or do you want to have a a customized customized solution, customized implementation to, that is really tailored to your needs? Yeah, and I and I think there's a fit for everyone out there, right? And it's not maybe not always going to be the perfect match, mm-hmm. but at least knowing up front whether or not your supplier or vendor can support you in those areas, then I think it probably prevents a lot of heartache <laughs> down the road after, you know, you find out you do need international support, but maybe they don't provide it or vice yep. versa. Absolutely. Yep. 
So I think every year we see companies investing more and more in managed services and enterprise-grade software. And, you know, we talked about this before. Mobile devices are personal. They're a lot of times mm-hmm. professional lifelines, especially for some yeah. industries. Um, and that's why I think, you know, having a streamlined and effective onboarding can really go a long way in ensuring a positive user experience, laying that foundation for long-term success, which you talked about. And, you know, we all want to make sure it's done right, but also quickly, right? No one wants to extend out and have a two-year implementation. So all those all those tips and tricks you gave were were really helpful. And I'm glad we were able to kind of chat about it today. Thank you again for joining me. And hopefully we continue this conversation another time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. From all of us here at VMOX, thank you for listening. Remember, mobile victory can be yours. Just trust in the experts. We'll see you next time on the road to mobile victory. To learn more, visit us at vmox.com or follow us on LinkedIn.